güzel. Welcome back. We began the explanation, which is key to the entire parak, and really key to whatever happens from here on in till the Chorban, the end of Malachim Beis. And the Marmar Kemis in front of you. We're going to go a bit out of order, but if you'll go to the Gemara and Tainus and Chav Beis and Malbeis, which should be three or four pages in. We saw before Pesach the Medrash that clearly indicates that there was a discussion between Yoshio Amelach and the Navi, Yemiel Navi, who quoted his Rebbe Yeshaya. And when Yoshio asked him, Should I go to battle? Paro, Nechai wants to come in. And I feel I have the right to depend on the Pesachar of is the tshuva, is the process of doing tshuva, and Kemat finished, which he thought, and we are deserving of the bracha of not having an enemy attack us, and even not having an enemy walk through, which always causes collateral damage. And that's if he doesn't turn on us completely, which he will later on anyway. And the Melech is very uncomfortable with having an entire enemy army walk through, even though Paro promised that it's not against you and it's not about you and I'm going to fight in the north. And I have access to the Navua that your own Navim gave that it's a battle against them and it's not, which was true. And he had many, many disclaimers. Yoshio was still not convinced and still convinced to give a line to the Pusik. And the way the Medrash puts it, it sounds like the Navi told him, the Lushan was, I have a Kabbalah from my Rabbeim, so Sachti Mitzrayim and Mitzrayim, they're going to kill each other, and you could stay out of it, and don't worry. So the frame of the Medrash is that there was a direct conversation. The reason I'm going over that, besides the fact that it was four weeks ago, is because you look now at the Gemara Tainus and Chav Beis, you might get the impression or misimpression, depending on how you interpret it, that there was no conversation, as the Gemara is going to say, that the Avera of Yeshua HaMelech is that he didn't ask. Lanimlach. That very different story, painting a very different picture, what the Medjus describes, and it's always a mitzvah to try to make shalom. Sometimes you have Machlekes in Medjushim, Machlekes in the Gemara, the Medjush. Over here, as I will explain, I don't think it's a Machlekes. I think that Lanimlach can mean that they had a conversation, the threat of battle could have been going on for weeks and months. Nothing happened very quickly. And he heard rumors that he was coming and he was discussing it with him. And he said, you should let him through. And he said, and then he quoted what he thought the application of Nevoah was from his Rebbe, Yeshaya Navi. And they had a discussion, maybe once, maybe twice, maybe three times. When it came down to zero hour and they really understand from their spies that he's coming, and he's coming very soon, he didn't ask again, and he decided after the entire Shachavataya that there's no direct nevuah that I cannot stand up to him. Be very focused on this. There is no direct nevuah. Yemiah's quoting that he understands from his Rebbe that this is what is applicable now from a nevuah from a while ago. And Yoshio says, no, there's a diuk in a novi that is quoting his Rebbe and the Deek of the Navi over here. The Navi told him not to go, but he didn't tell him, Kayim HaRashem. He said, I think this is where it's applicable. 
this is this is crucial for understanding over here. How can he disobey him? He didn't disobey him. He never told him, Beferish, I have an avu, you can't go. He says, I really think this is the application and you don't have to go and it could get dangerous. And he felt not so. When it came closer, he didn't ask again. I believe the words, Lo Nimlech, which we're about to see, is that he didn't ask again. He didn't ask for a final decision. Rebbe, I need Das Torah over here. Navua, no Navua. What do you think? Should I go or shouldn't I go? He didn't do that. And despite his godless, that's going to be a grave error, a fatal mistake. Yes? Also, that word Nimlach, or Sagalashan of Nelech, that it means specifically to have to receive the authoritative advice? Well, he was the Melech. If I care, if anything, the Melech has a right to countermand unless it's a direct Navu, exactly what he's going to do. I'm saying that the action of Nimlach means... Oh, you mean why'd they pick that word? It's an interesting, uh, interesting deal, yeah, why they picked after that word. But I'm just pointing out, I don't believe it's necessarily a Mechlekes. There are Mepharshim that say it's a Mechlekes, the Gemara and the Medrash. I'm not convinced you have to make a Mechlekes over here. This conversation could have evolved over many months from the time they heard the rumor is coming, and it takes a long time to cross the side and had to come up. And now he's here, and he didn't ask that final time, which he should have, and listened to the advice. In which case, let's see the Gemara inside. It's about eight lines from the top of the bracket there. We saw this in the Pusik that when he went to battle, they saw only him. This is part of the nace. Nobody else got killed. And they hit him with so many arrows. So we're going to see he was uh, pierced like a sieve. We'll see what that Lushan is all about, what that Mushal is all about. Please remove me. And I want to move to the back as a second chariot. And I'm mortally wounded. And this exact Lushan, this Mushal of a sieve, means that they pierced him many places. He's bleeding. Uh, for many wounds, the Lushen Kvar over here is going to be fascinating. We'll get back to it, if not this week, then next week. Again, you can either say it's a machlekes and never asked. I'd like to believe that the conversation took place maybe multiple times. He didn't ask for a final decision because he thought he had one. What's the promise of the Pesach if it means that you're not going to have an army coming to get you, coming to fight war against Klai Yisrael? We have another Pesach for that. It's part of the bracha is the Bishalom. So obviously you don't have to tell me that an army is not going to come to fight you. It even means an army that wants to pass through, wants safe passage to go somewhere else, like Paro going north. Who any idea? And the information he was missing, they were doing tshuva, perhaps some of them were doing tshuva, not all of them, and some of them were quite lahachis uh, and antagonistic, as we saw from the Medrash. They dafka set it up that the Avodah were hidden, and they dafka asked them to close the door. The first part, you could say, is a mumer l'te'avon. They didn't want them to catch the Avodah They hid them. So when they came in, they're behind the door. That you can half forgive. The last part of the Medrash, as we saw... They said, uh, dear rabbi, can you please close the door so that they should have the hana that they're making the Avadazara. As they close the door, the Avadazara then came into being. You had a solid uh, facade of the Avadazara, and they got hana out of having them not only not come to take it down, but to build it. Ki as he was dying at the battle, he saw his lips moving. This is very, very telling and very moving, this last part. 
Yermia wasn't stam curious. Nobody is. Anybody in this madrega is not wasting a motion or a word or time. He runs over to him and he wants to hear what he's saying. Maybe he's saying something that's not proper. Why would he say that? So milsa de mahagna means something not proper. Only, he was already down the kaskus. I'll answer in a minute why he's going over to listen. He would only say this Muslim Mahagna because he's in pain. He's in pain because he's mortally wounding. He's dying. He's also, also seeing the downfall of his Malchus and losing of the battle. And maybe he's saying things due to his sire, but it still might be Kfira. So he bends his ear to listen. And and he hears not words of Kfira, but words of Tzidik Hadin, that Yoshio HaMelech lives as a Tzadik and dies as a Tzadik, and is Matzik the Din in himself. As he's dying, he realizes, instead of the pushback some people might have, and says, it's not fair, and I tried so hard, and I'm working on it, and they're doing tshuva, and why was I killed, and what happened to the Pasuch, that's the reaction of some people. They think they have a Pasuk, they think they have shot, and they have Tainas. Why isn't the Pasuk working for me? What did he say? Amar Tzadik Hu Hashem Ki Piyu Marisi. Only Tzidik Adin. The Magistral Dash and Piyu Marisi is, I went against the Dvar Hashem and his Shlichim, which means I didn't listen to the Navi or I wasn't Mamlech one last time to find out the Navi's decision. Pasuk Alayahu Shaita. This is from the Kinnis, Ruach HaPenu, Mashiach Hashem, from Echa. And this comment, one of the most famous Hespedim in the history of Chai Yisrael, is the Hesped on Yoshio, and that's why we say it on Tishabov. And the Hesped would have been proper had he lived like a tzaddik, and the fact that he might have said Kfira at the end had he not known. Amaisha has a tshuva. Somebody asked Amaisha, he was in the hospital visiting somebody, Leilainu, and the person was sick. Leilainu was going on the person who was sick, and the person was not only sick, but he was in a lot of pain, and he was saying divrei kfira, blasphemous things. And the person asked Amaisha, what should I do? Every time I visit, he says this, should I, should I not go? Should I give musr? What should I do? Should I tell him it's wrong? Should I try to... Amaisha says, look, they try to be machasi people. Amaisha says something quite incredible. He says... And therefore, it's between him and Akash Baruch Hu. It's not great that he's saying that, but not everybody's in the Madriga of Yoshio Amalek. I'm sure didn't say that. But the contrast over here, and Enadam Nitzvah Saltzairo, and therefore, leave it alone. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try to be Machazish and try to learn Bitachan and Amuna. You shouldn't try to change. But Lamaisa, at the end of the day, Akash Baruch Hu knows what a person can handle, and the fact that he's saying things because he feels pushed over the edge isn't necessarily a taina. That might be. Part of the Nisayan is he's not saying more, or that in his mind he doesn't believe it. It's between him and Hashem. Does that, does that mean that he should, he should not say these things? No, I'm just not giving a Hesher temple. Should the person stay there or not? That's a different story. The Stam listen to Kfira is um, counterproductive unless the Chayla needs you, in which case you've got to stay and close your ears and not listen. But the reason I'm mentioning it over here is that. I don't believe Yemiel would have run over and bent his ear had he heard Kfir, which he was cheshish for. I don't think if Ramesha says that means Yemiel and Novi knew it. 
That doesn't mean he'd go down history as a Russia. And Adam Nitzvah's Mitzayra. Now, Farshim say the reason he wanted to hear it is because he wanted to gauge what to say during his hesped. There's a hesped on a person who lived as a tzaddik and deserves the credit of what he did for Klai Yisrael, and he would have said all that. And then there's, meaning a relative tzaddik, and then there's the hesped of somebody who, in his downfall, instead of having tainas, which most people would have, he was mastic the din. That's a different hesped. And as it says in Shulchan Aruch, a hesped has to be somewhat accurate. I say somewhat accurate, it's the only place in Shulchan Aruch. It says a person can embellish, exaggerate, add a little more, and the Taz over there asks, he doesn't understand. Mali sheker meruba, mali sheker muet. A lie is a lie. It doesn't make you exaggerate. You lie a little bit, you lie a lot. So the Taz explains, all the Mepharshim say the similar pshat. He says, no, a person who's a good person did many good things in their life, and if they're clever and they're on a the madrega, they also have anivas, they don't advertise their mitzvahs and the mice so whatever we know about them, you could add a little more, because Mastama, he did a little more. And you could add a little more, he say he learned uh, three hours a day. I learned uh, an hour and a half on a good day. So, but if he had more time, he would have. And he's always struggling to win. Sometimes he did. That's not considered sheker. You add on what you might not know and what you know he wanted to do. But you can't, and then the Taz warns, that you can't exaggerate, because not only is it a lie, it's not good for the neshama. That's very important. We shouldn't have to say a spade them, but they come up in life. And over here, we have a situation where the Navi is going out of his way to go over to the Niftal. The whole situation, obviously, is heartrending and very uncomfortable because he knows he has to have an accurate reading of who Yoshio Amalek was in life and in death to know what type of husband and what, what to give historically to Klai Yisrael. He's a tzaddik either way. The Shaila is what level? And to uh, Baruch Hashem, to his credit, I can't even say to his surprise, the words he heard were Ki, mi, ki Hashem, uh, Hashem Ulelakim, and Hashem, I'm sure this Pasuk is not the whole thing, uh, he's Makabal, the short version, it's Sadiq Hu Hashem Ki Marisi, I'm sure there were more words as well, and he understood that he was fully Matzik the Din. I know there are more words, because the Medrash says that he was saying vidui on going against the Dvar Hashem and going against his shlichim were the understanding of the Navi. So he was apologizing almost to to Yermiyo Navi himself and to the Navuah that he was quoting from Yeshaya Navi. So it's an incredible, we're not finished yet at all, but it's an incredible ending because it shows us you have to give an assessment that's correct, and more importantly, it shows the level of Tzitkus that even Bishat Syro, he was able to concentrate and focus and not uh, say things which are kfira or tainus. And a lot of people walk around when they're not in such big trouble, and they say, I don't know, it's a pusik over here, and I understood this, and I supposed to get this school and that school, and I have tainus over here. Uh, no one should be promising anything to anybody when they uh, give their uh, brochus and when they do their schoolers and the Ahashokhan writes that you wash with a lot of water, and some people, after they're finished, it uh, almost looks like there's nothing left in the reservoir, which is fine. You want to wash a lot of water, wash a lot of water. But the Ahashokhan already says uh, this is a school that's mentioned in the Gemara for Panasa and Ashirus. Uh, there can be many ma'akvim that the uh, decision Shemayim was a person should have very little, and it gets a little more because of the. The shefa of water that he used, you can't know what the cheshman was to begin with to know what's working and what's not working. And that's very important. Yes? It's Mount Kriyashma? Okay.
Speaking of me, but you planned that, I'm sure. Okay, let's go to, yeah. Okay, why didn't he say anything? I didn't address that yet. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's still the million-dollar question over here. He was right there. He was, well, no, no, he was right there when the army was being assembled. Why didn't he stop him? Why didn't he say something more? We have no indication he did, just like we have no indication he asked the final time. Uh, the simple answer, which uh, doesn't do full justice, and we're going we're gonna to add a lot, which will give us a clear understanding, is if, if I'm right, I had the conversation a few times already, or even once, but it was a lengthy back and forth, like the Medrash says, there's a point where you said what could be understood, and a person has Bechira, and part of the Nisayan was that at the end of the day he has Bechira, which is what makes this so excruciatingly painful and difficult, is that uh, his Bechira was in a very high level because he was such a big tzaddik, and when things went wrong, he accepted full responsibility. So the simple answer, which is far from simple, I believe, is that Yermio understood he was not supposed to give him a final warning or make another macha. They discussed it already. And the rest he has to decide as the melech by himself, per your diak. The nimelech is a very nice diak. And that's the answer that could, I believe, give us an insight into our decision-making process. Uh, at the end of the day, we don't have Nevi'im, we don't have an Uvatumim. He didn't have an Uvatumim either. We'll get to that later. He had a Navi, but the Navi didn't say Perferish, and I think that was part of the Nisayan. And part of our Nisayan is uh, certainly in Gullah's conditions. Not everything's going to be 100% clear. You can ask for a Psak, you can ask for Dasteri. At the end of the day, there are many situations where I will be speaking to somebody in a very naughty problem, and they're noticing. I'm not saying Yemukhuyiv, I'm not saying Azasa. I'm not trying to create a Nisayan for him. But the facts are is that it's a situation where it really depends on the Madrega and the level of Bitochen. And you cannot say And then at some point the person might be on their own. That's very important. People don't like that. They like it, neat packages. Everybody else should tell them what to do. Sometimes that's possible. Sometimes that's not. And that's part of the new sign that the Kosh Baruch set up. Exactly. It's easier to when, when, it, when it doesn't go like the way you want it. You can, uh, you can say it wasn't my decision. Uh, go skip the next full page, the Ben Yoda. We'll get back to that next week. I want to show you the one that says on top, Yeshiel, Melech Yehuda. Flip to page one. It's out of order. The page two is first. Go to page one, which is the back page of your copy. Quoted the Sefer before him, Sig Vesir Benavim. If you take a look at the bracket, he points out something which I think is, uh, points out a Rashi in the Ayaka, which you already saw, but I want to show you how he describes it. You see the Pasuk, uh, the, the paragraph, Ayenoid? It's one, two, three paragraphs down. This is a Rashi in the Yaakov in the brackets. The Pasuk was on his side. So, Yaakov, you just asked, so why didn't he say it again, and how did Yoshio HaMelech miss this? What should he have known? What piece of information is the linchpin of the sugya that he missed? So this, this Rashi is really the key. Yeshleimar. Yoshio HaMelech is in the palace. Yermio Navi was very active the entire Malucha. Adva Abachla, the eve of this battle. Where was Yermio most of the time? The answer is, he was in the Shuk, 
He was in shul. He was giving drushes. He was giving fire and brimstone drushes. He was giving musr. And he was telling the people that there are many of the Avarazar in their midst and they better shape up or else. Did Yoshia Melech wonder why these drushes are still going on? If he's right that the Zechet, the Pasuk, why is Yermio a Navi? Why is a Navi Adar giving so many drushes? The people are so bad? According to him, most of the people did tshuva and the rest are well on their way. What was the problem? The answer is, he didn't know a lot, a lot about these rushes. The, I have a feeling some people in the palace held it from him. But he knew they were happening, and on his madrig, he should have investigated how many drushes are given, where they're given, and what the content is, and how fiery, and assess what the problem is. And if you're not sure, ask again, and he didn't because he was so locked into the Pasuk and the program that was going on. Everybody likes to believe the program is working. So for our level of gaiva, we don't look at all often. We assume our decision is correct. He looked and searched. This party didn't figure out. And he assessed that the program was further along than it was and that Yermio was just trying to get the last few in. There's still a reason for the drushers. Not everybody was in. He felt where Minyan and Binyan were in. And Yermio seemed to be telling a different story. I, I want to make them as close together. I think he, he knew about Yermio's fiery Musser drushes and he felt that was for the 4%. Um, it probably wasn't for 60%. The question is the numbers in between. And if it was for a Miyad Amosi of 10, 20%, then you can't rely on Cherv Le'yar And that's the Nakuda I think we have to add in over here. It was a question of how much. Yes? Yeah, okay. He could say that also, or he could say the Navi has to make it sound very, very real, which it was, to scare the people and make sure that they're going to continue to do the right thing, or I believe he understood, he really discounted, let's assume we lost 3% that aren't with the program and never will be with the program, 5%, but you can't get perfection. Problem is, it wasn't 5%. And that he wasn't Nimlach, he didn't clarify with the Navi, and that was a fatal mistake. And that's what he spells out of here. I'm, I'm adding to what he's saying, but I believe that he knew about it. He just didn't give it as much thought as he should have because there was maybe a shayla about the numbers. again, He must have known they were hiding some of what was behind the door, and the Yirmiya was giving Musr because he knows something that I don't know. He was a cheshish as much as he should. Which again is the uh, angle of Chazal. It doesn't mean he didn't trust the Navi, love the Navi. It means that if he didn't ask or take it at face value, that's considered a chisarn. And this was why it was such a difficult sign. He never told him beferish that Hashem told me to tell you not to go to war. And Yoshio ultimately did rely on that to the uh, fate of his own life and of Klai Yisrael. The second question we have to deal with, why is it that he didn't ask the Uvatumim? The Navi didn't tell him a favorish, the Navi didn't volunteer, and he didn't ask because he thought the numbers were High enough in the people to do tshuva. Before you go to war, you ask the Yom So why don't you ask the Yom So he brings from Yavetis and Ivishis. Brilliant shot. Ayim b'yar is dvash, last paragraph. 
He struggled the Pusik and the Navua and the Navua does it apply, doesn't apply. Simple question, should I go to war or not? That's what the Yom Tumah is here for. When you don't know what to do, especially in battle. Dina Hachi Kidisnan, the Gemara Sanhedrin, the Mishnah Ematzi and Lemochemes, next page, page two. Vishus Ella Alpi Uun Vutumim. Ulahati Akusha Zunira, Kafi Masha Kasvu Mafarshim, Besefer Shaftim. Anu Uun Vutumim, Belachmem Imbinyamim Plagish Begiva, Kahagin Hov, Loya, Mibne, Aran Hashem. This is one territory you could say, is that the Uun Vutumim only worked when the Urmatumim was in the place near the Aaron. I don't believe the Kain Gadol went into the Keshe Kedoshim that it should work, but it sounds like the Kain Gadol is standing in the Mokam HaMikdush. You need Siat HaShemaya to read the Urmatumim right and to have it work. So he's standing in a Mokam Kadush. He's standing in a Mokam Kadush that's close to the Keshe Kedoshim and the Aaron's Bim Kaiman, and almost, I don't, even, I don't want to use the mushroom, but Lasabras HaOzin, almost like the, uh, the electricity, the current is coming through the Aaron and feeding into the battery pack of the Urvatumim. And if the Aaron is no longer there, it's not necessarily going to work. And only Rabbi Yenison Ivish has come up with this. He points out, this next part, if you know where this is going, uh, the Aaron was there. This is by Yisrish, not by Yishem. So the Aaron was there. What's the problem? The answer is it was there till very recently. And Yeshua HaMelech himself hid it. He's the one who told him to put it away. That's why we start off with the Pesukim Adiv He told the Levim, top secret project, hide it. Because I don't know if this is going to work and I have a premonition the Corbin is coming. So it wasn't there, maybe from yesterday or the week before. Or the year before. But Yeshua is the one, ironically, that put it away. Skip down to the next paragraph. Vizel. So Leah's Daftan Aaron in Kenya, Shio, Shagana's Aaron Hashem, Kidarmina Makamidukli, Loya Sipik, Biyada Lisho Birumatumim. So here we have a situation. The Navi doesn't say Ferishan Avua. The Urmatumim is there in the Khashim, but it's not working because the Aaron is not there and the Aaron is not there because Yeshua himself put it away. Almost reminds you of when Shalom Melech was looking for direction on the eve of the battle of the Plishtim, and the Urmatum wasn't answering him because he wiped out here Navir Kainim. And his Rebbe, Shmuel Novi, is no longer alive, and he resorted to necromancy to bring Shmuel Novi up from the dead to speak to him because he felt it was an Isidaraisa, but it's a Kanastafashis. What am I going to do? There he got an answer. The answer was, you got to go to battle anyway, even though you're going to lose. Here, the answer would have been, don't go to battle. The remaining question we have, which we'll just introduce now in a few minutes, and we'll continue next week in Mitzvah why is it that Ben Yayada deals with the Shaila? We just deal, dealt with with a different angle of why wasn't there direct communication, why Yermio and Novi didn't go up and tell him, Your Highness, I tried to be Marames, I tried to explain it, I tried to tell you in many different ways that this battle is not only not necessary but dangerous for you and for Klai Yisrael. He didn't say anything. So the first Mahalach we had, that was his entire Nisayim. The Ben Yoyada is going to talk about Seyed HaGogulim and explain to us where the neshama of Yeshua Melech came from and why that's important to the answer, why he didn't get more direction. He's also going to explain this Lashon Chazal appears in every Medrash and in the Gemara that speaks about this. He was hit by hundreds of arrows 
and he was bleeding in hundreds of spots. That, we have no tainas, of course, but for a melech tzaddik who has to die, so he can get killed in battle swiftly. Why such a gruesome death? Often we don't know the answer here. The Ben Yad is going to tell us why it had to be like this. Why is he bleeding in 300 spots? And number two, why do they keep using the Lushan and the Mushal of he is bleeding? His body was like a kfar, like a sieve. It should bother us. It's an unusual Lushan. We know what an arrow is and what an arrow does and we know what a wound is. And he was bleeding. He was bleeding in many spots. Let's say he was hit in hundreds of spots. You have to give a Mushal like a, like a sieve. What's the Lushan of the kfar over here? The Ben Yadda astounding this next piece is going to have an answer to both of them why Dafka this Lushan and why in this particular case he had to get hit so many times and he had to be bleeding in so many spots and what that had to do with his Sharish and Hashama so you'll learn Kabbalah next month of Shabbos you'll be prepared for next Sunday morning a good Lechidosh it's uh, very deep we'll see you in the